Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Overtime. I'm your humble and devastatingly handsome host, Justin McIsaac. Overtime, the only show to have violated three different uh, Geneva Convention accords, which is, I, I feel like that's a record. Uh, this week on Overtime, we talked to Ryan Nanny of the Shutdown Fullcast. What is the Shutdown Fullcast? It is uh, the Internet's only college football podcast. And uh, you, there's really no, as I discussed with Ryan, there's really no way to explain uh, what the shut, Shutdown Fullcast is. You just have to listen to it and uh, decide for yourself if it's your thing or not. It's, it's, it's definitely my thing. Uh, and if you're a sicko that listens to this show on a regular basis, it will probably end up being your thing because there's there's some similarities as far as uh, as far as humor, as far as randomness, as far as a lot of stuff goes. So uh, we'll talk to Ryan, Nanny. Uh, we'll talk to Ryan about uh, dad stuff. Uh, also, uh, what to expect this college football season, and uh, we, we talk about uh, a little bit about what exactly the shutdown full cast is. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan's uh, he's hilarious, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to sharing that interview with you. In fact. We'll take a quick break here. Come back and give me that interview. Ryan Nanny of the Shutdown Fullcast coming up in just a little bit here on Overtime. Keep it here. Joining us today on Overtime is uh, one of the members of one of my favorite podcasts, the Shutdown Fullcast, Ryan Nanny. Uh, Ryan, I've tried to explain to people exactly what the Shutdown Fullcast is and why they should listen to it. And then I, I get about like two lines in, I'm like, just have to trust me. You just have to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> obsessively, it's about college football, and sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. Well, how do you describe the shutdown full cast to people who haven't heard it? I, the, I, I struggle the same way you do. <laughs> like I, I'm not going to pretend like I have my elevator pitch for this down. I think the best way is to say that the shutdown full cast is a college football podcast that takes college football as seriously as we decide that it should be taken. And so when we record an episode in June, yeah, there's probably not going to be much college football on there at all. Right. Yeah. So and, yeah. And also uh, on, on Saturday nights, which is way too late for me because I get up too early. There's the, uh, the, uh, the full cast after dark, which is, yeah. uh, which is a good recap of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that tends to be at least more football oriented because it has happened like right in the middle of the football day coming to an end. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, uh, maybe the best way to explain the shutdown full cast is it's a trust exercise masquerading as a college football podcast. <laughs> so there's someone uh, blindfolded falling backwards into people's arms. That's right. That's usually. right. This is the audio version of that. Yeah. So how and, and I won't ask you about the podcast for too much longer, but how long have you guys been doing this? Because it's you. It's uh, for people that haven't heard it. It's uh, Spencer Hall, who's on ESPN a bunch now. Uh, Jason Kirk and Holly Anderson. And yeah, you, it, it's obvious, you know, the first I, I think I got into it about right before COVID, maybe 2019 or 2018 mm -hmm. um, with my college football fan. Coincidentally, my college football fandom picked up when I got a job in college football. It the weirdest <laughs> Isn't it thing. funny how that works? That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but uh, but you guys have been doing this forever. I, I think 
uh, Jason and Spencer were the originators, but uh, how did how long have you been doing this and how did it really come together? So it it has existed in some form or fashion for now over 10 years, which is a horrifying thing to say. Uh, it stemmed out of a YouTube series that Jason and Spencer did um, that was very weird, very like adult swim is kind of the yeah. best way to, to describe it. That got turned like videos expensive to do and requires like a lot of planning and production. But as I think most people who listen to podcasts know, like frequently podcasts don't require any of those things. And it sort of got redirected into a podcast that I joined up with and Holly joined up with shortly thereafter. And it just sort of has gone wherever it's gone from then without um, without any real intentionality or planning. Well, it's uh, it's certainly one of my favorite podcasts, and I'm not alone Thank in you. that. In that, so uh, I hope people will will check it out. Before I ask you uh, a little bit about college football, I ask I, I have a dad question because oh, I please. so I'm uh, I have a uh, my daughter's 18, my son's 19, my son's okay. in college, my daughter just graduated from high school. Congratulations! Uh, I, I guess um, <laughs> I didn't really have much to do with it. They, they did a lot of the legwork, but I guess I was there, not screwing up too badly. But uh, so I. I on a scale of one to 10 of dadness tomorrow, uh, when this airs, they yeah. we're recording this on Friday, I will be, uh, I'm leaving Rochester, New Hampshire at 4 a.m. tomorrow with my son and his girlfriend's coming to and driving to Indianapolis for a bowling tournament. Where, <laughs> where is this? Now I'm sure Cam, Cam's my son. I'm sure Cam could probably do this, but I, of course, being a dad, I do arrange now we're gonna rent a house with your college students. Let me get a hold of uh-huh. the mom. I'm uh-huh. gonna do most of the driving on no sleep, yep. and you know, yep. and, and then I'm going to watch bowling for like two straight days. Where how this... long is how long is that drive? That is, uh, if you do it in one shot, it's fifteen and a half hours. Oh, wow. bud! Yeah. Wow. I'm um, I think what is most dad about this is not the the act itself it's not because there are some elements of this where it's like well that's almost more like college student the idea of like we're going to get up super early and we're going to drive we're going to go to this thing but it's the level of planning it's the level of like meticulous and i can tell looking at you telling me about this like there is some joy in this for you you are like yes i am because every dad is a little bit like Patton or Douglas MacArthur, where like they want to be able to say, I have the battle plan. And maybe the battle is just a road trip, but I have planned it. And if when it's executed perfectly, I will feel like military genius. And so, yeah, I'm not I'm not a very organized person. I have to work to be organized. But when it comes to like like driving and so like there's a little Tom right. Coughlin in me. Like, if you're not early, you're late. <laughs> I've, I've told my my son's girlfriend Sarah, I'm like four o'clock means we're leaving at four o'clock. Yes, it doesn't that's mean four o five. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and but you also know that it's going to get derailed in some way, shape, or form. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, so. because I've already I've like two days ago I started worrying about well, when are they going to pack their stuff? Like, <laughs> like because because Cam, Cam is like a high level bowler and he has mm-hmm. he has uh, ten bowling balls he's bringing to Indianapolis. Wow. So, yeah. So that takes up a lot of trunk space. So I got to think is, about you're like a roadie kind of. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I'm like his uh, in, in, in pro bowling. They call it a ball representative, which sounds a little <laughs> scandalous. So I, I, I'm not sure I should call myself that, but I'm kind of like his ball representative. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I'm like, where uh-huh. are the suitcases going to go? How much am this I going to pack? This is great. I love this. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah, it's really something else. Ryan Nanny's uh, with us, shut down full cast, who's become my therapist for the last 10 minutes, but uh, it, it, and he'll be um, invoicing me later, I think. So the, <laughs> the real reason I wanted to talk to you is because I, I, I'm i part of the uh, University of New Hampshire college football radio crew, um, and college football is an ever-changing landscape, and I don't, I don't think where anybody knows where it's going to be in, in like, you know, five years, let alone right. 10 years. So this is this is kind of a big question, but I'm too dumb to ask it more nuanced in a more nuanced fashion. How how do you see the like the tiers of college football evolving? Are we gonna have a super league and then like a regular FBS and then an FCS and then a division two or what do you what, what do you think is gonna play out over the next whatever? So the path we're on certainly suggests that we're gonna have uh a bifurcation of FBS between uh, thank you. I, I I prepped for this with that and that alone. Um, between the SEC and the Big Ten and more or less everybody else, and I can kind of see like the logic there, and I can I understand why it's trending in that direction. I think purely from a like audience and revenue perspective, I wonder if at some point that's going to look misguided because. I think there is that just cuts out such a large percentage of the country and it changes what the sport is so fundamentally that I don't know that college football is best served just as a product by saying, Mm. Oh, we're going to become like the junior NFL, right? Here's the AF, here's the AFC, here's the NFC. We figure out a way to get them together in a title game yeah. No, they're not always equal. Sometimes one's better, whatever. But like this is this is what it is. Um, and I I think I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where these things are fully split from one another. In part because eventually, I think the the powers that be are going to recognize that what makes college football appealing is this dissonance is the fact that you can have App State. Go yep. play Texas A&M and beat them. Right, like that's not a thing you get in the in the NFL. You don't get that. It, right. Even if you know the the Jets are having a terrible year and they beat the Patriots, it's like, well, these are still teams with similar financial resources and yeah. same like the Double roster. The roster. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And and I so I think we will continue to pull in that direction, but I really don't think we're going to get to a point where it's like, no, these are two different things and they have no crossover whatsoever. I think FBS will realize that it is a stronger product as a hundred teams rather than just the best or most interesting or most valuable. Let's call it 40. Right. It seems like to me, uh, and I didn't grow up in college football culture because it's not very big in the Northeast. Uh, you know, Boston College is like the biggest or, or was the biggest one uh, A as people still around here call it uh, team yeah, yeah. for the longest time. And it was, you know, it was way down in the pecking order. But one of the things I found is, you know, the 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 dumber things that happen in college football or the more unexpected things or the, you know, the wild, the wildest things. Those are what really that's the heart and soul of the sport. And like, yes. Uh, you know, when I became part of the UNH radio team, one of the things um, that we picked up on was uh, James Madison was in the same conference. Everybody hated James Madison, but it was fun to hate James Madison, <laughs> right? Like their SID was a little too arrogant when you would uh-huh. go there and like their fans took it a little too. So you're like, oh, come on, you're, F- you're FCS. Who do you think? you? Are? But that was the fun part of it. And I right. think you'd lose that if you had like a 30 team super league where like, yeah. 
like, yeah, the, you know, the bottom of the SEC East team, you know, like, oh, Kentucky's our worst team. Well, how is that fun? Right. I, I the other part that, that really throws me about the idea of a Super League and, and specifically an SEC Big Ten setup. There are teams and there are programs and they don't always stay this way, but there are teams that are not taking football specifically as seriously just from a monetary standpoint as everybody else. Like I live in Nashville. Vanderbilt is trying to put more resources into the, the, they're renovating the football stadium right now. It's ruining traffic, but like (laughs) that they are not. And I don't think they ever will spend the kind of money that Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, uh, Texas, now that Texas is coming in the league, Oakland, I can go on and on. Like right. That's not going to be there. Kentucky, despite having a, re- a good, relatively recent football success, is still, like, it's not basketball. And it's right. not going to be basketball, Kentucky. So I I wonder at one point, like, well, if you if you decide to run this as a really cutthroat Super League business... Do you look at it at some point and say, like, you know what? We don't want Indiana anymore. Indiana football is not moving the needle for us as a as a as a part of this like upper echelon. Right. And therefore, once you've sort of once you're the Big Ten, for example, if you've said UCLA and USC are in, are in well, now like tradition and I, regional identity yeah. and all that doesn't matter. So, what is there to keep you tied to? Those kinds of what's what's there to keep you tied to Minnesota if Minnesota right. isn't a 10 win program regularly? And also, and if you're a Minnesota fan, what do you care about if USC is coming to town? Right. Yeah, it's probably fun right. if they bring the band like, oh, OK, look at that. But right. You see right. it once. And OK, now I've seen it. You know, you don't have the hatred you have for like a Wisconsin or somebody like that. Yes. Yes. And that's yes. it. That's what the sport is all about. Right. Yes. It's all about. I mean, like the Big Ten's the best example of this. You have all these weird weird rivalry trophies that are yeah. based on you know uh what i think it's the um the the jug uh is ba- is based on a coach who was worried that the uh opposing fans were going to poison him <laughs> and now it's a traveling trophy that's great that's fantastic yeah yeah, there's there, there seems to be a lot of poisoning in the in, in stories in the annals of, of college, or, or more than you'd expect, I guess. Right, right. I think you know it was just common at the time. I think there was a time in American history where it was just super easy to poison other people. <laughs> yeah, you know? how, how would they know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah how would they? How, it was probably um, like ah, they're probably gonna get sick off something else, so they'll yeah. never know it was me. And medicine at that point was like, ah, oh, he's got a ghost in his blood. Give him some That's cocaine. Right. You know, who, knows, right. who knows if he was poisoned? <laughs> uh, we're talking to Ryan Nanny of the uh, Shutdown Fullcast, one of the uh, best uh, uh, college football, uh, et cetera, podcasts out there. Uh, so what, what are you anticipating for, for this season? Uh, it's, you know, it, it, whenever we look at FBS, we're like, oh, it's Alabama, it's Georgia. And that's, uh, then we'll see what happens. Uh, what I mean, is, do you think there's going to be anything uh New and exciting, or or weird, or or stupid, or I, I, the stupid stuff is my favorite stuff. But what do you see? I mean, this year it feels like is a real interesting Pac-12 or bust kind yeah. of year for for that conference. In part because Washington is a school that's getting a lot of interest and a lot of hype, and is like brings back a very successful transfer quarterback and Michael Penix. Um, you have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner coming back at USC and sort of everybody's sort of wondering, okay, like is Lincoln Riley going to really get that machine running the way it's going? 
UCLA's shown some improvement. Arizona, even Arizona has shown some improvement. And that's before we even get to Deion Sanders at Colorado. I don't think Colorado's <laughs> going to make a college football playoff or anything. But for the first time in a while, there are a lot of interesting and I didn't even touch on Utah, who's won the conference two years right. in a row. And they're just so mean that they're fun yes. to watch. Yeah. Yes, Florida Florida school I root for has to open the year at Utah, and I oh, God. do not look forward to watching that game. Who told them they had to do that? You know, for years, Florida got a lot of crap for not traveling for non-conference Outside games. Outside of Florida. They're like, they're like, fine, we'll do it. And now everybody's like, oh, you're going to Utah? It's like, what do you want from us? <laughs> so, I, but I think I have I think there is a lot of interest in can the Pac-12 get a team in the playoff? Can the Pac-12 like really, really make its force be known on a national stage in a way that it hasn't in a long time? And I think it's not coincidental that it's really there's a lot of pressure to do that right now with the state of the conference being what it is, with it sort of being on the precipice of. Is it going to collapse? Is it going to kind of go the Big 12 route and sort of kind of hold together in new form? Like, what's this looking like? The Big 12 is the other conference I'm interested in because, uh, and I've talked about this in other places, I don't remember a time where we had a school say, oh, we're leaving, and everybody didn't just figure out a way to get it done. Right. Like, this this interim year where, you know, Dad, 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 and mom have split up, but dad still yeah. lives in the garage. Yeah, dad's got his own loft. It's 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 going to be interesting. Where like drop by because I think the Big Twelve media um, preseason media poll just came out, and Texas is the the overwhelming favorite to win the conference. And I'm just like, so many of these schools want to send Texas out with right. loss. Like so many. If you are. <laughs> I mean, name any school in that conference other than Oklahoma, who's going right. to keep playing them in the new in the new league. You absolutely want to send them out with a loss that possibly ruins their season. Sure. So, so I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch in terms of new. Um, it feels silly not to say Georgia's going to be right back in the in the picture. Uh, the Big Ten will be interesting, but it's probably going to be interesting the same way it's been for the last few years, where it's sort of you know Ohio State or Michigan, maybe Penn State sneaks in there. This is the year that that happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't look at this as like, oh, this is going to be a truly wild year. But the nice thing about college football is that. You don't see the wild years coming. They just sort of sneak up on you. And then it's like, oh, no, everything's gone to hell. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is uh, when, you know, before I got into broadcasting college sports, I broadcasted a lot of uh, high school sports. And uh, and the uh, the old guy, the old guy that owned the radio station I I worked at years ago, who also owned a used car car dealership, which tells you a few things, would say, (laughs) all right, who's going to be good this year? And I would. I would explain to him, well, these teams should be good, but if the quarterback breaks up with his girlfriend, that derails right. it. Sometimes <laughs> I think we, I think we forget sometimes these are still like dudes in their, you know, in their very early twenties. Yes. Uh, and then they they, you know, they can screw up, especially on a national stage. And who who knows what happens after that? Right, right. Yes. It is it is a sport where the variance is wide enough that you can sort of be like, Who what happened here? How did this quarterback throw six interceptions? What like right. So it has that possibility as much as the Nick Sabans and the Kirby Smarts and the uh, and so forth are are trying to sort of like squeeze that out and sort of say like no this will be an efficient college football machine with no room for error and no mistakes whatsoever it's like too bad auburn still exists 
Yes, and Auburn, the uh, the chaos agent. They, well, I, I forget which one of you on the podcast says it, but they could be all things to all people or something like that. Or yes, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Auburn, Auburn is basically bad. the Heisenberg uncertainty principle where, like, the minute you stop Auburn to see what it is, you no longer know what it is anymore. <laughs> you, can't, you can't observe it in, in real time. We're talking to Ryan Nanny of the uh, the shutdown full cast. Uh, just a couple things before I let you go. Um, the you know being uh, like a like a, I guess I've been working in college football, FCS level for for seven or eight years now. Where does FCS kind of land on the you know the traditional college football fan who grew up you know liking you know you you're a Florida fan if you were like a Georgia fan is FCS on the normal college football fans radar or is it kind of like oh look at that that's cute look at that over there i th- i think it's incredibly regional because like yeah. for instance if you you know growing up in florida FCS football just doesn't have a big presence there like it, it, there i you know i'm old enough to be like oh yeah you know these teams used to be in FCS but they've since long moved up right. um and and so i think it really depends it is in many ways more regional than FBS is where sort of your uh, attention to it and awareness of it varies. And, you know, like I, I think the best opportunity we get and the thing that I hope we don't lose as FBS continues to sort of grow into this television behemoth is the FCS FBS matchups, which I feel like we have been really lucky the last three years or so that with the exception of the COVID year, for sure, where we've had a lot of good games. Like we've had a lot of good upsets. We've had a lot of good close games. Like, yeah, are are you still getting the occasional, this team comes in, collects its check and loses by 50? Sure. I I, I happened to uh, be on the broadcast for a, a University of New Hampshire team losing to a pit team led by Kenny Pickett, whose coaching staff was under fire by the count of 77 to seven. And then the charter flight had no crew. So we sat on the tarmac for three hours after losing 77. It's not etched in my brain at all. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's great. All right. So yes, not that all FCS, FBS matches matchups are perfect. I, I can see that. Point. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think. I think as long as we still have that going on, the the other thing that I... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the sport is hopefully wrangling with reasonably well. Is th- It does seem like there is some effort to pay more attention to the FCS playoffs. I don't think we're going to yep. get to a point where casual fans or even semi-invested uh, fans are really paying attention to week-in, week-out right. FCS football. But... I think as we continue, as we continue to expand the playoff in FBS, maybe that raises interest in the FCS playoffs as well. Maybe that gives you more opportunity to sort of talk about the two happening at the same time. Um, it's not, it's not the same thing, but you know, where, where people sort of said like, well, why are we promoting the men's and women's basketball tournaments in totally different ways and in totally incongruous ways if there's interest in both like 
maybe there are some growth opportunities that people can have to pay more attention to and get more into the FCS playoffs because of the hulking FBS playoffs that we're in. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I think at this point, people know, don't go play in Dakota if you don't have to. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, people are aware of uh, the one good thing about Dion Sanders, you know, being at uh, an HBCU was it brought a lot of attention to HBCUs, yes. Yes. which is good. And uh, I, I just want more attention uh, to come to the fact that uh, New Hampshire and Maine play for a gun every year. And I feel that's <laughs> an underrated trophy. Like they play, they, they bring the gun out, the musket, the Bryce Cowell musket. And it's like in the end, it's like a guest of honor and they play for a gun, which I think is cool. <laughs> <laughs> like if that can't appeal to SEC country, I don't know. Right? I, yeah. Although I will say, you're going to have to convince Mississippi State fans to get over the fact that they lost to Maine. I don't think they're going to take kindly to that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, th that might take a while. But uh, Ryan Denny, the Shutdown Fullcast, uh, thanks so much for your time. Very generous with your time today. And uh, make sure you uh, check out the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, and where else can people find you? Where, what else uh, are you up to these days? Or is that it right now? That's it for now. You can find me at Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter and whatever new eight other social media platforms we're starting oh, this week. God. I have like a couple of new projects coming up. I'm not allowed to talk about them yet, but they are coming. I, so, so I figured something on the way. was probably in the works, but I don't know if yeah. you could talk about whatever was happening. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll look for you there. And uh, yeah, on uh, the 17 Twitters we have now. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Overtime. My thanks to Ryan Nanny for being on the program. As you are, uh, I mentioned it in uh, the interview with Ryan, but as you're listening to this, uh, th this will be at about, eh. and spoiler alert, if it's your first time listening to the show, uh, first of all, welcome. Second of all, it's all pre-recorded. I'm not doing this live. I, I work five days a week. If you can call when I do work, I'm not coming in on a sixth day to do the show live. Unless someone hands me a bag of money, in which case I will I will, I will, will sell out for just about anything. In fact, the, uh, the company had us fill out this thing uh, as, as far as uh, there's a new initiative to uh, to get um, folks on the air uh, more uh, more endorsement deals, which I'm all for because I would put money in my pocket. And uh, there, there's a thing at the end it asks you a bunch of questions so they can uh, the, the sales weasels here can find you the the correct uh, endorsement deals, which is good, I suppose. Uh, and then at the end it says, "Is there anything you're not willing to endorse?" And I put uh, the, uh, the uh, guns and Trump stuff. That was my only two things. Anything else? Like, I'm a vegetarian. If you want me to endorse Omaha Steaks, yeah, I'll do that. Why not? The money spent, what did, what did Clay Davis say? Something to the effect of, I don't have time to ask why somebody's giving me their money. I've cleaned it up a little bit there, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, I'd do the show live if someone paid me enough to do it, but currently they're not. But anyway, as you're listening to this, uh, I am in the midst of a, a, a trek for, starting from Rochester, New Hampshire, which, uh, with any luck... Uh, we left the house at 4 a.m. Uh, and uh, not 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 nonstop. I guess we'll have to stop to get gas and pee and whatnot. But uh, headed all the way to Indianapolis, Indiana. Which uh, why are we going to Indianapolis in July? That's that's a fair question. Why are you going to Indianapolis ever? Is also a fair question. And uh, the answer is uh, Cam McIsaac uh, has uh, uh, qualified for a bowling tournament out there called Junior Gold. And uh, you, you have to qualify at a regional tournament. He's in the U-20 division this time around, which is a lot smaller than uh, – it's a, it's a gigantic youth tournament 
They have like uh, U12, U6, I don't know, like a, a bunch of youth divisions. And, and then uh, the week before, they do the U20 division. So if you're in college, you can go out there, and if you do uh, well enough, you win scholarship money. And uh, it's, it's basically, I'm driving to Indiana to watch bowling, which to some uh, may sound like a nightmare. Uh, and I'm sure parts of it will be, especially the driving part. But uh, it's you'll be uh, your kids only are, and, and I guess he's a, Cam's an adult. But you know I, what I'm what I'm learning as my as my kids uh, have become adults. Keely's 18, Cam's 19. What I, what I'm learning is uh, you you never kind of stop looking at them as kids, or at least you don't when they're they still kind of look like teenagers, right? Like uh, like Cam, he's in college. He still kind of looks you know like he's 17, 18. Uh, he, he still acts, you know, they still act like kids, right? Like, uh, as we were taping, uh, the Ryan Nanny interview, I was on the phone texting back and forth between Cam and Keely. Uh, Cam was supposed to give Keely a ride to work because it's like 115 degrees out. And of course he was sleeping. It was 10 o'clock, 1030 in the morning and he was sleeping. And, and now that I'm an old 45 year old dad, I'm like, why, why is he still sleeping at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday? Not realizing up until I started working in morning drive radio that I would, I would sleep till like 11, 11, I would sleep the whole damn day if you let me. So, uh, you, you never quite stop looking at your kids as kids, I guess is, is the lesson I'm learning, but you only get so many times where your kids will like want you to be a part of what they're doing. Right. And, and that time is like running out. And then if they have grandkids, you get to do that all over again, but you also get to get to give the kids back at the end of that time, which is Probably better, I'm guessing. You don't have to clean up <laughs> after uh, after them as much. But uh, yeah, Cam. Uh, as far as I can tell, and, and part of it probably has to do with the fact that I'm I, I pay for like the house we rent with his college teammates and all that, and uh, or split the cost with one of the moms. And yeah, yeah, my my Discover card probably has something to do with it. But he's still uh, still not opposed to me uh, to his old man coming to watch him uh, do bowling tournaments. Which you know, once that's over, it's over. So you have you have to. You have to do as much of that as you can, I think. It's a parent. Uh, when people ask me for parenting advice, I don't have a ton um, because everybody's experience is different. And my experience has been that if you're going to parent correctly, and maybe, maybe I, I, I discussed this with uh, Renee a few weeks or months ago at some point on the show with my wife, Renee, uh, par- this Gen X, we're from Generation X, Renee and I, parents a lot differently than our parents did and i think part of that was because and uh, i'm painting with a broad brush here but it's it's radio and that's what we do i i think the boomer generation were were lousy parents for the most part <laughs> i mean it's, it's, you know uh a rest in peace to my mom i i think she did the best she could but i don't think she was that great at it uh and i you know it's i i think that's a that's a common experience for People that are Gen X, parents, were, you know, they were like, you were kind of an accessory and something, you know, that had to be dealt with. But ultimately, you weren't, uh, it, 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 if you know, you know. If you're Gen X, you know. And if you're a boomer and you're upset or offended by this, you were probably part of the problem. But anyway, uh, it, it's 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 part of the my part of my parental experience was that if you're doing it correctly, it's like being in jail. So you don't do a whole lot of things uh, you, you, you make sacrifices about like kind of being your own person, like doing your own stuff. And, 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 and which is not to say it's like a hardship, uh, because I, I really like my kids. I know not everybody, you know, the, the cliched thing is, ah, my kids are a pain in the ass. Eh, everybody's a pain in the ass at some point, 
But uh, you know, my my kids are very different. Uh, they, but they 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 both have like really good qualities. Some of them I would like them to work on. But for I would say like I'd say they're both like ninety percent good and like ten percent. Okay, we can work on that. But and I, I feel like that's a good ratio. So I like hanging out with them. Uh, I don't do, do I want to hang out with them all the time? No. Do I want to hang out with anybody all the time? No. Do I want to hang out with myself all the time? Absolutely not. That's why I come and talk in a microphone, so I have to deal with my own thoughts or make you deal with them. But anyway, this is a long-winded way of saying uh, it's not a nightmare for me to drive to Indianapolis and uh, watch Cam compete in a bowling tournament and uh, with his college teammates. And Indianapolis, by the way, this feels like one long run-on sentence, but uh, that's what you get when I only have one guest. Indianapolis, we went out there a couple of years ago, kind of underrated as a city. Like, it's not New York. It's not uh, It's not like L.A., certainly. It's not, you know, Miami. But it's it's fine. I, I think people think when you go out to Indianapolis, it's going to be a snooze fest. And we went out there a few years ago, and it was perfectly fine. I mean, you know, it's a, the you know, downtown's got some stuff centralized. The one thing I think people, when they go to Indianapolis, are surprised by is how close to downtown the Colt Stadium is. We got a tour uh, last time around. My brother-in-law, Brad, and uh, myself and Cam. This was 2021, so we were kind of, people were just kind of emerging from COVID and uh, starting to do stuff again. And Brad, who's a Colts fan, was able to secure a tour of Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play. And it is like right there. It is right downtown. Like you turn around a corner and like, oh, look, it's a football stadium. Which, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gillette Stadium is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's one road in, one road out. Uh, even to get to, uh, to, to, I still call it Giant Stadium because I'm 100 years old. Even to get to Giant Stadium, it's kind of like in a giant parking lot uh, in, in New Jersey. So it, it's, I don't feel like a lot of football stadiums. I think the one in Nashville is kind of close to downtown. But there's not a lot of professional football stadiums that are just right there. Like you turn the corner and it's right there. But Lucas Oil Stadium is, and we got a tour of that. And uh, it was just the three of us because nobody, uh, I don't think anybody realized that stadiums were doing tours again. So we kind of, uh, we kind of got like VIP status access. And those people are in to the Indianapolis Colts. At least the tour guide we had was. Uh, because we, uh, you know, Brad was in, it, 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 we, we got to see the field, the press box, the locker rooms, the whole thing. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the, uh, you know, me as a as a, a Patriots fan who's kind of an a hole, uh, took every opportunity to uh, to tweak the the person who was nice enough to give us a tour of the entire stadium. I was like, oh, look at the AFC finalist banner. Isn't that cute? And when we went to the locker room, uh, I think this is I think Vinatieri had just retired. So the the woman uh, who was a lovely woman, by the way. Lovely woman giving the tour. She was like, oh, this is the locker uh, where our kicker, Adam Vinatieri, uh, you know, had his locker last year. And I was like, you're a kicker? She's like, yes, our kicker. I was like, your kicker? And she had very little sense of humor about that. Like, those people are, 
They are all in for the Colts. And I'm basing this off a sample size of one woman who gave me a tour of Lucas Oil Stadium two years ago. And I assume that is how all the Colts fans are. I'm probably right. Uh, anyway, when we come back, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, the mayhem with uh, social media that went down this week. Uh, the uh, Twitter seems to be malfunctioning. Uh, we got, uh, well, uh, we got a new social media uh, app, I guess, this week, uh, which is blowing up. And uh, I got a Blue Sky invite. So we'll talk about uh, all that coming up in just a little bit on Overtime. Keep it here. Welcome back to Overtime, fourth and final segment of the program. There's been a lot more me in this episode than uh, there has been in the past. I, 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 we're still experimenting with the format. I think I think the two-guest format is going to work the best. This past week, a uh, lot went down in the world of social media. Twitter, as uh, we've talked about on this program before, is... And I guess I... I, I let me preface this by saying uh, I really really liked Twitter, liked past tense intentional there. I Twitter, I, I, I'm not afraid to say it. Twitter was awesome back in the day. It was the best thing for breaking news. It was the best thing for, for sports. It was those moments where like someone would do something dumb on Twitter. And if you only, if you were extremely online, like I tend to be, would you know what the hell, uh, what everyone was talking about? The, uh, and if you're an extremely online guy, you'll remember the uh, Meet Me in Temecula guy, which I think that was like 2015, like Christmas time, 2015. Some dude and some other dude were arguing over something, and one of them challenged the other to a fight and said, Meet Me in Temecula. And, and, and that went on for just days. It's still like a Meet Me in Temecula is something you say when you, you, you're you angry at someone, but you don't actually want to fight them, or, or, or you're making fun of somebody for being like uh, too much of a, a hardo, a tough guy. Is just stuff like that where someone every day would become the main character of Twitter, which was always your goal to avoid being, right? You never wanted to be the main character of Twitter. So someone would do something dumb on Twitter, and, and you would you could just bag on them as a community forever, and it was so much fun. I'd, I'm not afraid to say it. I really, really like Twitter, uh, as it was right up until the Nazis were bad. But they were, they were taking steps to... To like clamp down on the Nazi stuff and the white supremacy stuff, that wasn't great. But it was like 80% good and like 20% bad, or maybe like 75, 25, in my opinion. I don't know. I never got like bullied or ratioed on Twitter. It was good right up until Elon Musk took over. And this past week was a really good example of that. So depending on who you believe or who you listen to, uh, well, well, I guess we'll start with the facts. So Twitter, uh, right around uh, July 1st, People started getting these weird things where it was like uh, rate limit exceeded. You can only look at 400 tweets per day. And everybody was like, what the hell is going on here? And Elon Musk said something about like data being scraped and blah, 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 blah. Gave some technical explanation, which probably made up and that I wouldn't understand anyway, even if it wasn't made up. But anyway, uh, so it's like, oh, we're working on the issue. Then there were some folks saying, oh, look at this. Uh, Twitter is supposed to be play, uh, paying um, this much to uh, Google for use of their servers, and they owe them a billion dollars today. I don't think it's a coincidence that they owe Google this money, and uh, it appears to have not been paid. Suddenly, uh, rate limits on Twitter are a thing. It was right around that time that that folks that are extremely online like me and on Twitter a lot like me uh, started like reaching out for uh, invites to this app called Blue Sky, which is, um, I believe, it's some of the old. Twitter folks, and right now it's it's still in its beta form. It's invite only, 
and they're really not messing around with having like uh, you know like disinformation, uh, racism, white supremacy, everything that Twitter has kind of turned into. It's kind of turned into uh, the, the what the, the app. Uh, what was what was the app that all the uh, all the white supremacists Parler or Gab? It's, it, Twitter's kind of turned into that almost at this point, uh, just with a lot more bots. Uh, so people were headed to Blue Sky, and I got a Blue Sky invite from someone, and uh, it's nice over there. People are just kind of being nice to each other. And just you know, posting like uh, like 2015 esque Twitter stuff, like uh, uh, like oh here's a picture of my dog, to brighten up your day. And I was like, oh, I like dogs. Oh, it's it's kind of nice over here. But there's not a lot of people over there, so it's it's you know there's uh, you kind of have to like look at it for you look at it for a bit, and then you have to go back to it, which is probably how social media should be used. Like I, it's probably unhealthy to sit there on the couch just doom scrolling as I enjoy doing i'm into recreational status but anyway so then and this was wednesday night so i got back from long island wednesday night and uh it was it was tough to go to sleep that night because uh my idiot neighbors were setting off fireworks to celebrate the 5th of july i guess at like 9 30 at night and i get i get up at like 3 45 so i'm not a big fan of that so that was going on and then like right around 9 p.m all of a sudden zuckerberg for the top rope hey here's this thing called threads it's like Twitter, but it's attached to your Instagram. And people went, ah! Like 30 million people joined up in the first uh, first day or so. Not really reading the fine print that, like, you can't, if you delete your Threads account, you have to delete your entire Instagram. That's how they get you. Now, the problem with Threads is, and again, it just launched two days ago, so I'm, I'm sure it'll be better in, like, a month. Uh, the problem with threads is, is it's I think it's almost entirely algorithm-based. Like, you can't sort by – like, when I go onto Twitter, there's an option for me, for now, to look at only the people I follow on Twitter. And all I have to do is, like, see their chronological tweets. Like, oh, here's what uh, the New York Times said. Here's what uh, here's what Alex LaCasse said. Here's what David Roth said. Oh, that's great. Here's what the shutdown forecast said. And I can just look at that in the order that they happen. You also have the option – to go to the for you thing, and it's kind of like an algorithm based, and it's a, uh, you know, like oh here's um, here's some white supremacy stuff we think you like, and then you block that, and you don't have to see that again. Threads is just everything. Like everybody got on there, and it's just it's, right now it's mostly brands talking to each other. Sorry, you slapped the microphone. It's brands talking to each other and trying to be like cute, and it's kind of it's kind of gross right now. Like it's just the like brands saying like hey bestie, how you doing? Uh, Oreos responding to Wendy's or something like that. It's like, ah, this isn't good either. So right now, none of the social medias are good. Like Twitter is just a hub of uh, bots and white supremacy. And Elon's apparently Elon Musk is throwing a fit because all the people he fired from Twitter uh, went to, or a lot of them went to work for Zuckerberg and developed this Threads thing, which it, it, there's a lot of, like, Twitter-esque things over there. It's, like, a, a lot of the good things about Twitter, but it's just brands talking to each other. So if you go to Threads, uh, Zuckerberg is, in, uh, I guess he's a little better than Elon Musk, but he's still, like, a gross billionaire. So it's it's not like I want him tracking me and finding my stuff. And also, like, I can't really see the people I follow. And also, it's all my Instagram followers, which means it can be people in my family. I don't want people in my family knowing the dumb stuff I say about the Patriots or whatever. They have to hear it enough when uh, they listen to the radio or they just hear me screaming at the TV when things are happening. So Threads isn't great. Blue Sky, I think, has the most potential, but there's nobody over there yet. 
So there's, I, so I have to keep track of, I know I don't have to. You don't have to tell me that. I know I don't have to keep track of any of this, but I kind of, I do. So I have three social media things. I'm trying to keep track of all of them and I can't, I, I and they all have their flaws and I kind of hate all of them right now. And Facebook's for old people. Nobody cares about Facebook anymore. That's, that's over. But uh, so there you go. So uh, I, I feel like a man without a, a social uh, media country right now. I'm going to stick with Twitter until it dies. My hope is, my hope is because all of Elon Musk's supposed wealth is tied up in Tesla stock, which is vastly inflated. I'm hoping there's a, and we're getting a little in the weeds here. I'm hoping there's a margin call by the people that like own his debt and he has to auction off Twitter and it'll become good again. That's what I'm holding out hope for. That's probably not going to happen. It's like the people that say, remember when times were simple and you knew dinner was going to be served on the table and uh, you could live in a neighborhood with and not, never have to see anyone that didn't look like you. I kind of sound like one of those people, but not racist. But I do I do look back wistfully on the old days of Twitter before Elon Musk ruined it. So there you go. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Depending on when I get back from Indianapolis, you may either get a rerun. Uh, of uh, of a, a best of show, I guess. I guess best of is the better way to say rerun. Or there may be some fresh new content next week. But either way, uh, if you missed the show live, listen to the podcast. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. The bosses like me to tell you to use uh, the iHeartRadio app, but you know, subscribe on uh, whatever format you want. Uh, like the show, review it, give us five stars, all that other crap. And uh, until then, I will see you next week. And remember, hippies are bad people pretending to be good. Punks are good people pretending to be bad. See you later. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.